everyone. Welcome to the Teach Them Diligently podcast. Every week, we bring you insightful and encouraging information to help your homeschool family thrive. We're David and Leslie Nunnery, and we are so glad you're here. With the end of the school year upon us and many of us doing an assessment of the year we've just had, as well as planning for the next, we wanted to take some time this week to talk about some of the big mistakes that homeschoolers make that rob us of the peace we're longing for and even hurt our relationships sometimes. It's super easy to fall into these, whether it's your first year or your 11th year. So today's episode is important for those just thinking about homeschooling and homeschool veterans alike. I'm glad you've chosen to join us today, and I hope you'll share this with your homeschool community and any friends or family members who are on the fence. I think it'll be an encouragement to all. Before we dive in, I wanted to share a couple of things we're super excited about around here. First of all, on Sunday night, we officially launched a reboot of our Sunday night email. You may have noticed homeschool subjects sitting in your inbox around 8 o'clock Eastern Time, and we hope you really enjoyed the content we sent. Each weekly edition of Homeschool Subjects will bring you the same teaching you've become accustomed to receiving each week from Teach Them Diligently, as well as news and information about homeschool and family that we've curated just for you and that we truly believe you'll be interested in reading. In addition to that, each week we'll share, we'll share a tip or trick from a Teach Them Diligently family, as well as upcoming events or content that you can be on the lookout for and so much more. There's even a way for you to share homeschool subjects with your friends so you can easily earn merch like stickers, t-shirts, sweatshirts, and more. If you're not receiving homeschool subjects, go to homeschoolsubjects.com today and sign up. Then tell all your friends to do likewise. I think you'll love the merch we've prepared for you to win. I also wanted to make sure you knew that we will be in Round Rock, Texas this week for our first big event of the season. TTD events are amazing times of coming together to learn and grow that you honestly can't afford to miss. I was just at a ladies conference this last weekend and I was struck again how talking to people in person is so helpful for my growth as a mom. By asking questions and sharing ideas with others, I honestly found my burden lifted and my heart excited once again about the task at hand. I pray you'll join us at one of our events this year to experience the same thing. Go to teachthemdiligently.net forward slash events to learn more and get your ticket today. Now, I'm excited to jump into our discussion all about the top five mistakes that homeschoolers make and how if you avoid them, you can begin to see real change and find true peace and success as you begin to thrive as a homeschool family. So Leslie, I think the first question everybody's gonna have is, uh, where did we come up with these mistakes? <laughs> uh, how, did we, how did we come up with this list? Um, Life experience, for one, um, talking to homeschool moms, homeschool dads, for another, even talking to homeschool kids sometimes. Um, it's kind of a compilation of of a whole lot of years of experience. These seem to be kind of common pitfalls that people fall into. Yeah. I mean, we've been doing events now for 10 years. and Homeschooling for slightly longer than that, if you know our story. For, that's right. So... <laughs> 
I think what you're saying is, is that this is coming from uh, a collected knowledge, uh, not only for, from ourselves and right. our own experience, but also from uh, homeschoolers that we meet and we talk to just in general, you know, in our day-to-day lives, um, to just talking to homeschoolers at the events. Right. Uh, there is, and at our events, there are every kind of homeschooler. There's a brand new homeschooler. There are parents that are not homeschooling yet, and they're probably two or three years away. There's- yeah, people come with babies. It's the coolest thing. They want. They come for the parenting and the marriage information, as well as kind of getting ready, getting in that mindset. It is awesome to see young families there that aren't quite homeschooling yet. And then you have uh, brand new homeschoolers, first year, uh, getting ready to you know get started. And then probably what is most surprising to people is that the largest kind of segment of people that come to our events are people that have been homeschooling for more than four years. Which is very telling because the deeper you get into this, the more you recognize that you need other people, you need to keep learning and growing, all of those things, which leads you to connect more. Yes. So there are a lot of experience, not just, I don't mean our own experience in this list, but there's a collective experience from people that we come into contact with. Uh, they will ask us questions. Uh, there are some homeschool families out there that they start off and it seems really smooth and then something happens mm-hmm. and they end up falling into one of these mistakes. Yep. There's there's just all kinds of stuff that, that it, it, these mistakes are easy to fall into. Well, and they're not linear. And that's something that's really important as we go through these. These aren't things that, okay, I've conquered it, checked it off, it's never going to happen again. You know, like any journey, there are going to be detours, there are going to be potholes, there are going to be all of these things that can knock you off track. But I hope that as we go through these top five, that at least when you kind of start falling in, that something maybe will go off in your head to kind of get you to redirect real quick and get back on track. Absolutely. So maybe you catch it early before you really start to fall into one of these traps. Because again, it is easy to fall into one of these traps or or multiples, you know, at the same time. Absolutely. Um, but I think that just about every homeschool family that we've come into contact with has actually made one of these mistakes. Probably most of these mistakes. Yes. yes. And so, uh, and the way we're going to go through this, just to kind of set this up so everybody understands is that we're going to do this in countdown fashion and we're going to start with number five and we're going to go to number one. So, um, we're going to put a little bit of drama into this <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't have a drum roll or anything. And, uh, so I w- we won't be, we'll spare you of that. That's right. Um, but, uh, we're going to start with number five. Okay. So number five on our list is, is something that's really common and it's something that people, this could happen four times in a year. I mean, this really is something that happens a lot and that is forgetting to have fun, forgetting to enjoy the path that you are on. Why, you know, it's it's really easy to get so wrapped up in the checklists and all of the, the tasks and the things that you're going to have to do and the drive to get things done and to do things well, that you forget about the relational fun opportunities and the freedom that we have with homeschooling. Yeah. I think that uh, stress causes this, right? Yeah. You start 
thinking about all of the things that you have to get done, mm-hmm. uh, the grades, the papers that you have to grade if that if you're doing that, the the planner, you know, we've got to read two sections. We're oh no, we're behind or whatever, and you start forgetting to have a good time. Yeah. Um, your joy is taken away. And one of the things that I talk about a lot in, in Thanksgiving is that when you're not thankful, your view starts to tilt and you start, you lose your joy. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Thanksgiving actually focuses you on the things that give you joy. Um, and so, uh, and, and it takes effort in order to actually, you have to consciously think, I am going to think about the things that I enjoy about doing this. Right. Well, and it's, it's you, you need to remember that so often learning actually happens through those fun things. One of the most amazing things about homeschooling in general is we have the freedom to do things in very fun ways. And so curl up on the couch, gather your your family together, read aloud. It's amazing to me how much my kids have learned through reading aloud, whether it be an actual subject book, like reading a history textbook or a science or whatever, or just reading novels and stories and the, the things that they're learning all the time as we're reading together. Those are fun, precious times. Um, give yourself the flexibility to, to take a break, to do things differently. You know, a lot of times when the kids were younger, I would do upside down days or pajama days, or, or we would just go to the, the park and we'd take school and we would do school and we'd play and we'd do a little school and we'd play and we mostly played and it was wonderful, but we were getting sunshine and exercise and kind of breaking up the monotony of what we were doing. Um, and those were another just really, really fun way to to stay engaged, build, deepen those relationships, lean into the flexibility that we've been given. Um, another idea that that we did that was really, really beneficial was when I saw the kids struggling with something uh, and specifically with like math or one of those those subjects that, um, you know, you've got to build a skill before you can add on to it we would kind of stop everything and have math camp or something like that where I would make up games and, you know, my boys were the oldest. And so I'm throwing balls and they have to, I would say a a math fact, throw a ball, they had to catch it and answer and, you know, jumping on the trampoline and doing math facts and, and all of these things we were able to have so much fun as we were learning. And the offshoot of doing that is now that my kids are grown we have great relationships. We have great memories. They learned a whole lot. They're doing well in college. You know, God God works through all of this that is the process of learning, but setting yourself up for battles and, and digging your heels in on things where you could approach it in a different way because you have the freedom of homeschooling really is counterintuitive as a homeschooler. So just to back up real quick on this, because I think you gave a couple of tips, but you went through them really, really fast. I'm so sorry. Well, just, I get excited. So, I, those so, are great memories. You know, those are those are things. So if I if I sped up, it's honestly because my heart was really excited for so, those days. So let's let's back up real quick. So upside upside down days. Ah. What, what were upside down days? Upside down days were days that we didn't start in the morning. <laughs> so we usually, you guys usually are. At, I, I I was involved in homeschooling. But I think we were kind of a typical family in, in terms of my involvement. I was like the muscle, <laughs> right? 
And uh, you did a lot of the day-to-day teaching. Uh, You guys usually did the uh, education portion of school in the mornings. Usually. Usually. Yes. And that was an upside down day was, okay. uh, We're not doing, we're just playing in the morning or we're cleaning up in the morning. You know, things have cycled out of control. So we're going to do something different in the morning. And, and again, sometimes that was, guys, let's just clean up because if things were, were messy and dirty and I felt like I was behind, I was stressed by that. So I could stop it real quick just by engaging all of us playing a cleanup game of some sort because timers are a girl's best friend when you have children. How can you beat this timer? Can you, you know, well, how much can we do in 15 minutes? You know, so we would do all of that in the morning. And then in the afternoon, we would hit the books. Um, sometimes more than others too. Sometimes those upside down days, our, our learning time was a lot of read alouds and playing and going out on hikes and seeing what we found and talking about, you know, the, the science of it all and the insects and the botany and all of these things that we could do when we were outdoors, but they were always wonderful days. And those upside down days really served as a reboot. And more often than not, it was a reboot for mom more so than the kids. I was the one that needed those upside down days even more than the kids did. And so the other one that you mentioned yes. uh, that I actually thought that you were doing with the, the the boys, especially that I thought was genius, was teaching them math facts, math facts in terms of like arithmetic, like yeah, multiplication like, tables sure. yeah. or, um, you know, uh, I don't know, even formulas in, in some cases. And so what you would throw a ball or something at them. So oh, to describe was, describe what you did there. So yeah, I was making stuff up on the fly. I'm just, let's just be honest. I was, I did would decide, I, they were really young when I came up with the idea for math camp or I read the idea of math camp. I really don't know where it came from. But once I came up with the idea for math camp, we had it periodically um, and it involved a lot of activity. It was very much movement oriented. It was very much play oriented. And I would just throw out addition facts, multiplication facts, division facts, whatever it was that we were really trying to work on with whatever child. And I made up games around it. It could be like a four corners type thing that we did a lot of trampoline stuff and I, I would tell you the rules for those things, but I was literally making them up as we went along. And kids are very forgiving for that, and they're willing to try anything, so it worked out great. Um, but we would do this, and the because it was tied to movement, those math facts stuck. They remember them. It's, it's really akin to, you know, how you do, like, stair jumps with the multiplication facts or addition facts and stuff with your little ones. It's the same concept. I just upgraded it and kind of made it a little bit more... Um, you know, dangerous because I was throwing balls at their head. Uh, it's like duck or catch one of the two. <laughs> so I, I remember you going, okay, uh, in order for the the boys to learn their multiplication tables, because you got to, you got to have that memorized. Yeah. Uh, you would go, okay, three times three, throw a ball at them. And I throw it and, hard. And they would have to tell you <laughs> the answer before they caught the ball. Yes. So yeah. So they had to think really, really quick and it took practice and it took skill and it, they, they got hit a lot of times and, you know, it's like a playground ball or a, you know, something. It wasn't, I well, wasn't, you weren't like there Roger, was no abuse involved here. <laughs> well, you were like Roger Clemens, no, right? I mean, well, you weren't like rearing back and like trying to hit them. Yeah, no, know, I'm not a major league pitcher here. But you would throw it and it would have something on it yeah. uh, sometimes. And you would throw it kind of slow to start with and then it would get faster and it would get faster and it get faster. And I would get home from work 
and the kids would be, guess what we did? Or, you know, Peyton usually would say, guess what I won? Or, <laughs> you know, something along those lines. But they were having a good time. Yeah. And I also remember when we first decided to homeschool, one of the things that the kids were really excited about were field trips. And if you're a really serious father, which I'm not, but if you're a really serious father and you start hearing about all the field trips and, you know, how much fun you start thinking, wow, they're just goofing off all day. But the kids were learning. They would come home or they would go hiking and they would come back and they would be talking about a cow killer or something that they saw out on the trail and they looked it up on Google because we they took to a picture. We had to figure out what that was. That was a crazy looking yeah, print, and, printer. And, and they would they would look up the picture on uh you know, Google. And that's how we learned what a cow killer was. And to this day, they have not forgotten what that cow killer was. And they know all the facts about it. And they know everything that goes into you don't touch this thing. You don't know. Well, especially not if you're a cow. That's right. (laughs) And so anyways, uh, I think that we get really rigid and we look at, um, oh, no, we're behind or we're not keeping up with the planner or the curriculum tells me that I have to do this or we just get very serious. And we think that 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 education has to be very serious and learning has to be a very serious thing. And uh, moms get stressed because the house is completely, you know. Trashed. It can get trashed. It can really, really get trashed. You know, I think I've come to terms, or I, I don't know if come to terms is the right way to put it, but I've realized that, um, you know, even in like better homes and garden, they're cleaning the house to make it perfect. And then when people actually live in it, it's, I mean, houses are not museums. Hmm. And so um, it it is dirty a lot more than it's clean. There's just, if you're living in it, it's going to be dirty more than it's clean. I mean, you got to clean the house. You can't just, you know, have it completely go off the rails, but it's not a museum, Yeah. you know, and the sign of life is things are a little, they're messy. Well, and honestly, I, we may need to do a whole podcast on that. The Lord's really done a great work in my heart on that. So we'll, we'll talk about that more in another, in another time, but let's go on with our countdown now. So number five was forgetting to have fun. So number four is (laughs) letting fear and insecurity drive your choices. You know, this is a really, really big one. We fear, we fear, you know, getting started. We fear what our mother will say. We fear what, you know, Aunt Bertha that's, you know, nosing into everything is going to say. We we fear what the principal or our pastor or anything else is going to say. So even getting started, fear can hold us back or, or really steal our joy um, from the very beginning. But then as we get into homeschooling, it's so easy to let fear, whether it be Fear of missing out. And so we put our kids in way too much and that makes us all brittle and and steals our joy. Or it's fear of making a mistake. And so we approach things so rigidly. Or we we find ourselves comparing <clears throat> with with everybody and we fear that we don't measure up. All of those things will drive the choices that we make and take our eyes off of the real why that should be driving our choices. Mm. Where I hear this a lot is when a um, young person, son or daughter, gets into high school. And one of the main reasons why people kind of give up 
mm-hmm. homeschooling when their son or daughter enters high school is because they are afraid that their child is not going to be able to get into a good college. Yeah. Um, and I think that falls into this category. And um, I don't think that fear should ever drive any of your decision making. Um, so just to point that out, that that is one of, so we do surveys. What do you struggle with? And high school is one of the top three yeah. reasons why people struggle with homeschool. And it's because, and they always list this out, they describe this, it is fear. They are afraid mm-hmm. that sense of I am going to mess up really escalates Yeah, when the stakes feel higher. When the young person gets into high school. Yeah. But what is so important to remember, and this actually um, is what I wrote about in this week's homeschool subjects, is that only you were created to be the parent, the primary teacher of your child. Um, God didn't make a mistake when he put them in your family. He didn't, he didn't fail to equip you to do what he has called you to do. In fact, He had a great plan for you. And you have been teaching your child since the very first moments of their lives. You were their first teacher. You are their best teacher. You are their champion. You are their confidant. You are the one that God created to do this. And so you have got to keep your eye on that, on the fact that all of this insecurity is it needs to be put in a box. You need to to really keep your eye on the fact that God will equip you. This should this instead of letting fear dictate our choices, those those twinges of fear should just drive us to our knees, should actually have us seeking God's face more and more for how we go about these things. Um, And then God gives wisdom. As I prayed for how to homeschool my kids, I firmly believe it was God that kind of gave me a lot of these great ideas that now in hindsight, I see did so much for my kids at every single stage. Um, but, but rather than letting fear drive our choices and, and kind of put us in a box that those feelings of insecurity, that, that recognizing that we need help should actually drive us to the only one who is able to give us that help and who is wise enough and knows our children better than even we do. That's good. So should we go to number three or do we have more to add? Just to add even more drama, are we going to move on to number three or <laughs> are we going to talk more about you know, number four? In, in, number four, I talked an awful lot about in the heart school class. Um, so for those of you that have taken it, I, I think that that we worked it out a lot more there. There's, you know, all of these could really be a podcast in and of themselves, but we should probably move on to, to number three anyway. <laughs> but, but I do want to reiterate Fear should never drive anything. Over 365 times in the Bible, God tells us not to fear. Most of those times tell us why. Because the Lord goes with you. The Lord your God is with you. Or the Lord is in control. There's a myriad of different whys in there, all of which come back to the fact that the Lord is in control of this. So trust him. Trust the process. I I can't tell you how many times I felt like I was failing, like I was so inadequate for the task at hand. And yet, or, or, or like my, my children weren't learning. They were never going to be able to do the next level. They were never going to get into college. They would never succeed at anything. And yet you learn to trust the process as you look back and you see how, how it all works together. All of these things that they're learning, whether it be academically, 
socially, emotionally, spiritually, all of these things, God weaves them all together. And as they mature, that tapestry of who they are and who they are becoming becomes so much more tightly woven and so much more beautiful. So don't fear, rather trust the process and the one who set you on this path to begin with. Okay. So number three... Number three is one of the ones that every, I would, I would wager that almost every single homeschooler who has ever done this in the history of homeschooling has probably fallen into this. And that, that is recreating school at home. Um, and you can recreate school at home in the most obvious of ways. When I started, I had desks and I had, you know, kind of my version of a bulletin board. I never had a, an actual classroom um, ever. I've never had one of those. So, you know, it was dining room, kitchen, you know, wherever we put it at the time. But we did pledges. I, I just stopped barely short of having a bell. Um, so literally my view of what school had been when I was in school was exactly what I brought home. And that lasted for a few weeks, maybe a month and a half or so before I realized this is not working. This is not okay. But from the structure to how you approach your day, it's very easy to to just fall into the trap of recreating school at home. And I think there there are moms out there and and, and homes out there that actually have a schoolroom and it works out okay. Oh it's great, yeah. And good for you. You can hide your stuff. There's a place for it. I had it all over the place. So, you know, but I, I think that what you're talking about is this mental construct of what school should be. Yes. And you're trying to recreate that back at the back at the house. It, it, it doesn't have to be. We don't have to have a firm rule. Never have a schoolroom. You oh, know, no, it has not nothing to do with the school room. The point is, is that there's this mental construct of, okay, we're going to homeschool. Now, how do I bring the classroom home? Right. And you have to remember that in a classroom, there is one teacher to, say, 28 kids. In your home, there is one teacher to one child one teacher to, you know, four of your own children, whatever it may be. And so they are getting one-on-one attention. They are going at their own pace. You are able to tailor make an education for them, which is something they would never get in a classroom. It's impossible. And I find that this, this recreating school at home actually feeds the other two that we've already talked about. When you try to recreate school at home, it lends itself to fear because you cannot do it the same way as they do it at school because your home doesn't function the same way. So that that leads to the fear that you're doing it wrong. And, and, and it really leads to a lot of insecurities, but it absolutely leads to just sucking the life right out of your homeschool and removing any amount of fun because you are putting a construct into your house that fits fine in a brick and mortar school, although it doesn't fit for every child, even in a brick and mortar school, which is why you see so many kids falling behind. Um, I did a podcast just last week with Stephen Ashton where we talked about the educational needs of boys being so different than the, the than girls and how they learn. And in a school environment, those boys are just being pummeled because that that traditional brick and mortar environment doesn't suit them. It doesn't fit them. Throwing balls at their head, you know, fits them much better. <laughs> but for real though, moving around, having the freedom to get the energy out. There were so many times 
when the kids were younger that I, you know, they would take the boys, especially boys. This was really, really true of my boys, much more than my girls. You know, I would give them a math worksheet. It would have 10 problems on it. It was no big deal. It should have been done in three minutes. And, you know, 45 minutes later, I look over and they, they still have done maybe one or two problems. And I think they're, you know, fighting the Trojan war in their heads or something. I don't know where they actually were, but I would, I would come to them at first. I would get really annoyed and battle after battle. And I was, you know, I, I would turn into Momzilla as I would just lower the boom on them because they, they weren't respectful and they blah, 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 blah. And all of these things, I was so angry about it. Then I realized that if I just said, guys, go out and run three laps around the house or go jump on the trampoline for 15 minutes or go shoot baskets for 10 or 15 minutes, they would come in. That exercise had had released that energy that was pent up. They were able to focus. I've done studies and I did some 365 videos on this that exercise actually makes children focus more clearly for more than two hours. So like 20 minutes of exercise, you get two to three hours of focus out of it. They're removing all of that activity from our school rooms. Recess is going away, PE, all of these extracurricular things they're moving away from. Whereas in our families, in our homeschools, we're able to inject it. We're able to make them, set them on a path to make them successful by just leaning into how God created them. Hmm. And that is way better than any brick and mortar school will ever be able to provide your child. So don't try to recreate school at home. Lean into the flexibility and the opportunity that God has given when he called you to homeschool. Uh, yes. And I think you're right. This is one that we hear about constantly, not just at our events, but we've tried to do this. Um, the uh, brand new, you know, homeschooling has swelled in the yeah. numbers of people in the last in the last year, two years. And all of those new families are thinking about this as I'm going to bring school home. I mean, one of the first things that we did is that we bought all the curriculum that was associated with the private school that our kids were going to. Yep. And not that we hated the private school and that it was horrible, but we brought all that curriculum into our home. And then you started trying to you know, recreate school, I think it took you maybe two or three months and you had abandoned everything that the curriculum was telling you to do. Well, we still use the curriculum. We just used, the curriculum. used it more creatively. Yes, exactly. You use it the way you wanted to right. use it because you're like, this is not working. And um, anyway, so I think that this is a big one. It is a very easy one to do. Mm -hmm. um, I think that there's a lot of comfort in doing this. And let's just face it. People have a tendency to move towards comfort first. Yeah. And, and what feels at the time like the path of least resistance, but it really isn't. So it may be super easy to fall into. It may feel like the path of least resistance, but you're going to find as you get into it, when you're trying to, to recreate school at home, and I, I'm using school in air, in air quotes because I'm really talking about brick and mortar school, a classroom, classroom environment. When you're, when you're recreating that in your home, it really introduces a friction into your homeschool that makes it very, very hard for you to thrive. Hmm. So what is number, because I, I think a lot of people out there are thinking that that was number one. But it is not. But it is not. <laughs> not it's, in my opinion. No. So what would be number two? Number two is not knowing where you're going. Mm. So many people start off, 
homeschooling with no idea of what their end goal is? Is this a stopgap? Is this, you know, do you have any goals for your children? What are, why are you doing this in the first place? What is driving your decisions? Here is why that's so important. If you don't understand your big why, as David and I talk about it, and we've done podcasts on this, we've talked about this a lot through the years. Um, If you don't understand your big why, what is God actually calling you to do? Then every bump in the road is going to make you second guess your decision. It's going to make you lose your fun. It's going to make you lose your way. It's going to make you be more inclined to recreate school at home. It's going to make you lean into that fear. You need to understand why. What is your vision for your children, for your homeschool, for your family? And how does this activity, this pursuit of home education fit into that? Yeah, I think that, and honestly, I think this is something that people do in a lot of areas, not just in homeschool. Mm -hmm. Um, What happens is, is that they say, hey, I want to uh, get into better shape. And the first thing they do is they go and they get a gym membership, or they go and they buy a bunch of weights. They set up an a exercise room in their house. And so they go out and they start to buy stuff. I think homeschoolers would, would, would what it would look like for homeschoolers and doing what I'm talking about here is they, I want to homeschool. Let me go buy some curriculum. Yep. And that's the very first thing that they do. And the thought process is that I'm going to do this. Therefore, I need to go get the tools in order to do it, but they don't even know why they're buying those tools in order to achieve this thing. They don't even know why they are or how to use these goal, the, these things. They just launch. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, homeschoolers do this a lot. They go out and they say, I'm going to homeschool. Therefore, they go and they buy curriculum. They go buy a planner. They start setting up a schoolroom in their house. They go and they go on eBay and they start buying desks. Uh, they start buying, you know, all of the construction paper and all the stuff that that maybe they would buy in an elementary school that they would see on the school list. And they would they go through and they do all of this stuff, but they don't spend any time actually thinking about, okay, why am I doing this? What is my big why? And then as you and I went through on setting up goals, you have the big why, you have the concrete goals, which are actually um, uh, what does it look like when you're trying to reach for that big why. And then you have the things that you can control and then you have the everyday goals. We go through all this setting up a layer um, uh, system for your goals. And we can include that in the in the uh, description in the podcast so people can get to that. But you have to actually um, chart a path, Mm -hmm. right? If you're going on vacation, I think you use this example. Uh, If you're going on vacation, you you set up, this is what I want to do on my vacation. Well, this is where I'm going. This This is is, where I'm going. Yeah, how we're going to get there. But what you'll find is when you know where you're going, when you have that big why, that vision for your homeschool, that is going to inform all of the things that we're so afraid of. I'm going to choose the wrong curriculum. Well, 
When you know your vision for your homeschool, that's going to inform what kind of curriculum you're going to choose. When you have a vision for your homeschool, that's going to inform how you set up your days, how you um, incorporate different activities into your homeschool, whether you co-op or whether you don't co-op, whether you do all of these things, what, what lessons, what sports, what all of these fit into or fit up under the umbrella of your big why. So having a vision for your homeschool is so important. So if you have not done that, we have on our website, and I can include it in the in the show notes, a couple of resources that I think would be really, really helpful for you. One is just a, a how you came into this. It's I, I call it a write your story. And what I would encourage you to do is you write your version of the story, have your spouse write their version of the story, and then come together and compare those stories. Every time I David and I have talked about how God led us to homeschool and I hear his perspective, mine gets deepened because I see how God was working in both of us at the same time um, to lead us down this path. When you recognize that, your resolve to do it becomes so much stronger. So that's a resource that I would offer you. And then there's a resource that helps you walk through writing your why, understanding your vision for your homeschool. And I really encourage you to do that as well. So be sure you check the show notes for those as well, because it's very, very important that you know where you're going. You understand the mission that God has given you so that you can then allow that to inform all of your specific day in, day out decisions for your homeschool. That's good. So should we move on to number one? I think it's time. Is it time to go to number one? Okay. So what is the number one mistake that people make for homeschooling? Without a doubt. I mean, I I would stake my reputation on this one. The number one thing, mistake that homeschoolers make is they think of homeschooling as merely an academic pursuit. Hmm. Homeschooling is not merely an academic pursuit. Homeschooling, in my opinion, is one of the greatest tools for discipleship and parenting on the planet. You are given the time to be with your children day in and day out, getting to know them deeply. You get to understand what really excites them, what really turns them on and 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 how they tick. And you can see how God is, is forming them to do whatever he's calling them to do in the years ahead. So you're there to help instruct and tailor an education for them that sets them up for success in whatever he's calling them to do. So homeschooling, when you look at it as just an academic pursuit, it is dry. It is commonplace. You know, my kids could get educated anywhere. There are a lot of private schools here. There are a lot of, a lot of ways, routes that I could go for them to get educated. But my kids can't get discipled and parented the way that God intended for them to be unless I'm with them. And so homeschooling afforded me the opportunity to spend most of my days right alongside of them, learning, growing, experiencing life, learning through you know failures as well as successes, and helping to shape their worldview and how they deal with all of those things, which is critically important as they grow up. I think that... Uh... Homeschool. This is probably this is the reason why this is number one. I mean, when we talk to people at our events and they are struggling, mm-hmm. this is where it's at. Yeah, there are a lot of reasons why people start to homeschool, or there's a lot of reasons why you continue to homeschool after you have started, and there's a lot of really good reasons. Sure. Right. I mean, protecting your children from the content that you want don't want them to know. 
uh, protecting them from bullies. They are failing in a classroom scenario. There's special needs. There's There are all kinds of reasons to start homeschooling. There's a lot of good reasons to start homeschooling, mm-hmm. right? But where this comes into play is that anything that is not centered on Jesus Christ is an idol. And what idols do is they suck the life out of you. We've talked about this in a previous podcast. And um, when you get very focused on the academic element of homeschooling, even though the academic part of homeschooling is really good. And it's important. It's it's important that you do a really good job with it because you're preparing your children for whatever doors God opens up for them. You're equipping them. Yeah, exactly. You're getting them ready to follow him. But anything that is not centered on Jesus Christ turns into an idol. And so the academic part of homeschooling, while attractive and not a bad thing, can actually become an idol. And it will suck the life out of you. Mm -hmm. It will suck the joy out of what you're doing. It is not life-giving. And you you look at uh, uh, chapter one, uh, 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 Psalm 115. And it lays it out right there. You become like your idols. And all idols are dead. And so a lot of times what ends up happening is that um, a mom will come to our event and she is really struggling. She is fearful. She has no joy in what she's doing. She's ready to give up. Nine times out of ten, what has happened is that she has gotten focused in one of the side elements such as special needs or academic pursuits, or she's angry at the public school system, or she's angry at the private school system, or something has happened, and she made the right decision to bring her child home. But now what has happened is is that that reason has become the center of her homeschool, and it is sucking the life out of what she does on a daily basis. And... You need a reorientation Mm -hmm. back to discipleship, Mm -hmm. back to Jesus Christ. What you are doing is your home is your Jerusalem. You're centering this around the Great Commission. You're centering around the gospel. You're centering around what Jesus Christ did for your child, what Jesus Christ did for you, that he has redeemed them, that he is interceding even today for them, and you are discipling them. And when you reorient, your homeschool around that. And then you kind of attach the other, the academic element around the periphery of what you're trying to do. Things start to get better. Well, and it actually, when you have your focus correct, when you are looking at this as what it truly is, a great tool for discipleship and parenting and preparing your children, it's amazing how that actually enhances the academics because you are tuned into character. You are tuned into all of these things, and then you're growing and working together. Learning is always more exciting when you're sharing it with someone. And so the shared learning experiences, the talking about it, we would... I mean, still, we have conversations about what they're learning that not only are enhancing their learning, but it's also giving me insight into their heart. It opens doors for amazing conversations about right and wrong and just and unjust and, you know, all kinds of things. The orderliness of the universe and how great God is that he created it. 
It opens all of these conversations and they feed on one another, but only if they are in the right order. If they are out of order, then they tend to kill one another. Mm. And that is that is a, the real danger of focusing exclusively on academics to the exclusion of what you're really called to do, and that is to disciple and shepherd the hearts of your children. I, I, we talked about this in a podcast last week where we tried to simplify uh, discipleship right. based off of Deuteronomy 6. And um, I'm not going to rehash that entire podcast. You need to go listen to it. But one of the main points there was that in order to disciple your children, you have to be present in their lives. And I think people really underestimate just the pure element of being present with your children. It is life on life. That is what discipleship is. And you have to be present in order to do that. That is one of the reasons why we are such advocates for homeschooling. And one of the reasons why we started Teach Them Diligently is because we were noticing that homeschooling was actually, people were discussing and talking about homeschooling like it was the gospel. Like they were saying, I converted somebody to homeschooling like somebody, they just led somebody to the Lord. And and we felt like, man, things are out of order here. And that's one of the main problems is that homeschooling is becoming the end-all, be-all mm-hmm. in families in America. And there was a lot of problems that were developing from that. And it's not. Yeah. It is not the end-all, be-all. Homeschooling is not the end-all, be-all. Your children are not going to turn out loving the Lord just because you homeschool. It is not a checkbox. You have to keep the main thing the main thing which is discipleship. Your home is your Jerusalem. The reason why you bring your children home is to impress on them who Jesus Christ is. And once you start to look at it that way, everything else starts to fall in line. It's kind of like I, I've used the illustration where when when I remember when I was in kindergarten, the teacher would always uh, uh it, it kind of christened and, and, and put the, her hands on one person and say, this is the head of my line and we're going to lunch. This is my head of my line. Everybody line up behind Johnny and everybody would run out of their, you know, their chairs and they would all line up behind Johnny. And that's what you're doing is you're saying discipleship is the head of the line. And everything else will fall in line after that once you set that as the main reason why you do what you do on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the number one reason why you, uh, that's the number one uh, mistake that we believe that parents make is that they get off in this area. They, they, they just, they start following the academic pursuit. They get afraid. Because their child has just gotten into high school and they're thinking, oh my goodness, I'm messing my child up. And they start pursuing this academic and it becomes the number one reason yep. why they homeschool. And it's no longer discipleship. That's just one example. Yeah. And once you you pull discipleship and Jesus Christ out of the center of your homeschool, it, what you replace it with becomes an idol. Yep. Yeah. And that feeds all of these other ones. So we are we are absolutely out of time, but I wanted to just go through these one more time so they're fresh on your mind. Number five, forgetting to have fun. Number four, letting fear and insecurity drive your choices. Number three, recreating school at home. Number two, not knowing where you're going. 
And then number one, thinking of homeschooling as merely an academic pursuit. Those are five really huge, devastating mistakes that homeschoolers make. And I've got actually on our website, if you go to teachthemdiligently.net, on our front page right at the top, you can get an ebook that is just a short description of these five. Um, I would love for you to download that just as a reminder and kind of as a handy guide to go with this podcast or you know, send people to get that, uh, share this podcast with them. I hope this has been a real help and an encouragement to you, helping you refocus on what's super important. Um, that's really why, why we exist. We are here to serve your families and to encourage you uh, in his ways, uh, especially as it, as it has to do with your homeschool. So we have a lot of resources that are available for you. I talked about Heart School earlier. That is a discipleship-focused homeschooling course that I wrote, um, 15 videos. There's a workbook lots of stuff to think about. It is really good for new and veteran homeschoolers alike as you refine your vision and really go for the heart of your children and the heart of your homeschool. That's available on our website. We have Teach Them Diligently 365 where we have a an audio vault of all of the recordings from 10 years worth of events. So thousands of recordings, plus an incredibly vibrant community of homeschoolers that are walking and growing together. We have a lot of community activities in there where we have meetups, we have office hours, mentoring times with one another. We talk, we are growing together. Um, and all of those, all of those audios are available on demand through our website or through the app. So you can never have a question about homeschooling or really parenting, marriage, life in general, you're going to find very few questions that you ever have that you don't find a really good, solid answer within Teach Them Diligently 365. Then I would absolutely reiterate the invitation I gave you at the beginning of this podcast to join us at an event. We have um, events coming up this spring. Like I noted, this weekend we'll be in Round Rock, Texas, March 31st through April 2nd. Then May 5th through 7th, we'll be in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. We would love to see you at one of those. We have virtual events if you just can't travel. So be looking. Our next one of those coming up is Teach Them Diligently at Home. It's going to be a phenomenal phenomenal um, virtual summit for you that's going to give you lots of great content about homeschooling and family, just as you would find at Teach Them Diligently. Um, so check all of those things out. Download the ebook again at teachthemdiligently.net. You can get all of the links and resources that we've mentioned and the show notes for our podcast. And I hope that if you're just now discovering us, that you will connect with us. Sign up for Homeschool Subjects at homeschoolsubjects.com. Share that with your friends. Subscribe to our podcast. We have two episodes every week that are coming your way in hopes that we will be able to strengthen and walk alongside to help your family thrive. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. Thank you for joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.